Hey everyone, Greg here and we are back for episode number 36 of the Woofing Possum podcast. What I thought would be really good to do is share some insight into what's actually happening in the Great Paws household at the moment, which is all about the potential addition of a puppy to our family. Now, getting a puppy can be um, obviously a huge decision and a very complex decision as well. So I thought what better to do than to share some of the things that are going on in the background around what my wife and I are doing around the puppy discussion and hopefully share that and see if it helps you guys if you're in a similar position and thinking about bringing a new dog into your family. So for episode 36, we're going to be talking all about puppies, part one. Let's get on. Okay, a puppy, we must be mad. Um, Okay, folks, I wanted to give you all a little bit of insight into kind of the decisions and the reasoning that we've even considering bringing a puppy into the home, Um, which honestly has been a a long conversation. Um, Lots of little short, sharp conversations over a number of months um, leading up to where we were, or where we are, I should say. So firstly, a little bit of history for those who don't know, I do have two German Shepherds in the house currently, so we've got Hugo and Betty Boo, both of which are rescues. Hugo's in his kind of more senior years now, so he's about 10, 10 and a half thereabouts, we don't actually know. Boo actually is also kind of pushing a similar sheet in terms of her seniority, she's I think going on 8 now. So, you know, they are definitely older, they're not young kind of uh, crazy youngsters themselves. Um, and previous to obviously just having the two ships, we used to have up to actually four dogs at one point, which included our two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels that are sadly no longer with us. And since we lost Merlin and then subsequently Lucy, um, our Cavies, we we have had the, the discussion about, you know, would we have more dogs? Would we have other dogs? Would we have same breeds, different breeds? And an element of that conversation was quite... Um, quite hypothetical to be honest you know we talked about you know would we have you know more cavalier king charles spaniels um i think it's fair to say we absolutely would um would we have the german shepherds would we have other breeds etc and we'd kind of came to the conclusion quite a while ago actually that we probably wouldn't have any more dogs until as kind of grim as it sounds that hugo and betty boo are no longer with us and there's a couple of reasons for that. Hugo, as I mentioned, he is older. Um, his needs are different. He also has um, a spine issue, which does affect his mobility occasionally. So his care needs from, from us obviously have increased as he's got a little bit older, which is absolutely fine. All part of, uh, of growing old. Um, and Boo struggles around other dogs, predominantly when she's on lead. We've done a huge amount of work on this since she joined our family. Um, she's a, so, so much better than she used to be. But her kind of natural instinct when she sees another dog, she gets very excited, very alert. And as such, her play style can be a little bit too much for some dogs when we're out and about in public. However, I say however, that's kind of where we were. We were just accepting that we'd probably wait until there was no other dogs in the house before we started to, to add any any new ones to our family. However, I've been working with Boo quite a lot, obviously, around other dogs, and, and I've had a few brilliant opportunities, thanks to some amazing clients, of working her around young dogs, particularly puppies. So, you know, from a matter of, um, you know, a couple of months old and older, when they're in that very 
energetic, crazy, frantic puppy stage, which for her is is a big deal. You know, that kind of fast-moving little dog is very exciting for her. And that's usually when her energy levels will pick up. And my worry was that she might not be able to regulate herself properly and understand how to play nicely. So we did a lot of work with her around slow introductions, control, you know, kind of really controlled environments of when they met, you know, lots of barriers, crates, that kind of thing, so that she could interact with the other dog, but not kind of just be on top of each other instantly. And I'm not going to lie, it's been an amazing success. She's absolutely blew me away with how good she is and how accepting, how Honestly, how gentle her playstyle has been has been a real eye-opener, so I was probably a bit too quick to judge how she would actually react and how she'd behave. And that kind of gave my wife and I um, really newfound hope that actually uh, you know, bringing a, a puppy into the house effectively ahead of what we originally thought could be really good. Now, another contributing factor, as I mentioned, Hugo, obviously with his age and his mobility needs... Um, he is my kind of stoic go-to kind of teammate when it comes to the professional job. So when I want to work other people's uh, dogs around a safe, controlled, calm, well-temperamented dog, Hugo is my little go-to stooge dog. So he's my little kind of wingman sidekick when we do that type of work. He's been brilliant. He's helped so, so many dogs. Um, he's done an absolutely amazing job. But a nice way I think he kind of deserves a bit of retirement as well and Betty sadly hasn't got all of the same skills to be able to kind of fill those um, those metaphorical boots so she was never really going to be that kind of um, that kind of wingman for me to help teach other dogs how to be calm and relaxed and ignore each other etc because she still struggles with that herself and we're still working on that so professionally for me the ability to bring another dog into the family and hopefully you know, find one that's got a great temperament, the right kind of breeding, and hopefully, you know, the right training from me, um, over the course of a couple of years could effectively take over from Hugo. So that was kind of another motivating factor um, to starting the conversation again about, well, actually, could we bring a, a puppy into the family? So knowing how great Betty can be, knowing that we've almost ran through that process of, introducing her to a new dog that she's never met before introducing a new dog into environments that you know are her home her workplace etc um and because of how well she's done with those that's got give me that newfound confidence and also because of that desire to hopefully have a dog who can take up from hugo professionally as well is you know a, a bit of a motivating need beyond that as well is our dogs aren't just tools, they they are part of our family, you know, and the way they interact, the way they've connected with us as a family, um, are very different to the cavies, and there's parts of how the cavies interacted with our family that we, you know, we miss terribly. And from certainly probably speaking on my wife's behalf, she would love some of those traits that the cavaliers had that the ships don't. For example, Hugo's not a big, he really isn't a sofa cuddler whatsoever. He likes to sleep on the floor, he likes to be on rugs in his own bed and that kind of thing. And he will come for cuddles when he would like them, but he's not a a lap dog as such. And Betty, to be honest, she's 
probably a little bit similar. She does like her cuddles. She will come up on the sofa or on the bed and get cuddles, but she doesn't want to be there all the time. Um, and she's definitely bonded a lot more with me than she has uh, as my wife, Helen. And therefore, when those cuddles do occur, they are pretty much 95% of the time directed at me. Um, so I think, you know, from my wife's perspective, she would love to have a dog that she could hopefully build a you know a new bond with as well um that's a little bit different from the one that she has with hugo and betty boo so we started having these discussions okay so if we were to get a puppy you know what type of dog would we get would we get a, a breed that we've had historically would we get a new breed you know what sort of size considerations are we thinking of and i won't lie um I dare say my needs have probably led those conversations a bit more than than kind of you know my from from my wife Helen's perspective, and that's because of obviously that desire to have that dog hopefully you know kind of fill Hugo's shoes and and take over from him. So as much as I absolutely adore the the Cavies, they are a smaller dog, and if I'm working at distance um, from a client's dog, um, you know a small dog is a different set of challenges to a larger dog. I also wanted a dog that I could do a lot of the things that the the German Shepherds do, you know, physically, um, so from a height perspective, a size perspective, um, and be a little bit more, without sounding probably a little bit, a bit mean to the caveat, but a little bit more all-rounded in terms of their abilities where their size isn't a, you know, a restricting factor. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of benefits to a smaller dog. Um, but for those who know me, I'm a you know, I do love the large breeds. So that was always kind of a motivating factor for me. So we we you know we discuss lots of different breed types. And as always, guys, right back in episode one, I think it was, many moons ago, I was talking about kind of things to consider when getting a dog. And the breed is by no means a guarantee of you know behavioral traits or temperament or personality a lot of that is down to the individual dog down to the breeding etc however it does give you some insights there is some elements of you know your dog's breed that will potentially come through um, or will give them a set of attributes that you've got to be mindful of and a set of needs that you may need to meet as a result so I was very much looking at those kind of, again, I kind of call them a bit like a universal dog, a dog that can do a bit of everything, you know, is big enough but not too big, um, you know, agile enough but not too kind of quick and too rapid but not too slow and too cumbersome, you know, a little bit of a Goldilocks dog really. So um, we had actually ruled out German Shepherds. Um, was there a reason behind that? Probably not, other than um, obviously we've got Hugo and Betty Boo now. I'm a little bit st- different and strange in the sense that, you know, kind of when I have certain dogs and I've created certain bonds with them, um, I sometimes worry about getting a similar breed dog because will I fall into the trap of accidentally comparing, which I don't want to do. Um, Interestingly, I haven't done that with Betty and Hugo whatsoever, but I think circumstances played a big part in that. So, also, you know, experiencing different breeds is a, a for me, is a you know, a, 
uh, probably an honour and a luxury really that we have because sadly our dogs don't live as long as we do as much as I'd absolutely love love them too um, it does mean that if there's an opportunity to bring a different dog into our house I would definitely consider it so we talked about um, actually we talked about a boxer believe it or not so I, I grew up with boxer dogs um, absolutely love them they're an amazing breed and um, Helen had an old school friend who was a breeder and he had a brindle boxer um, whose the home didn't work out this was prior to the pub leaving the litter um, and it was incredibly tempting I'm not going to lie head and heart decision here was really really difficult um, the The pup was beautiful the breeding was excellent um, honestly I think would have been a really good fit for our family um, but boxers generally um, again big breed generalisation they can be incredibly bouncy incredibly boisterous um, and they can be, you know, um, a handful in their own right without another two dogs. And as far as bouncy play styles go, with an elderly dog like Hugo, I didn't know if that was going to be a bit too much. And I also wondered whether it would be a, a lot for Betty to deal with as well. And again, a big kind of painting the breed brush there. Um, but there was something in my gut that as much as I loved the boxer, I just didn't really feel like it was going to be the right kind of fit um, and I, honestly I don't think I could probably articulate it any more than that so we started looking at some of the breeds that both my wife and I really like so things like um, uh, Rottweilers were a discussion I absolutely love Rotties, beautiful beautiful dogs one that we definitely consider um, the wife really likes Great Danes um, I love Great Danes I used to have a Great Dane Ridgeback Cross as, as you would have heard me talk about before um, but the size, some of the health concerns, things like that were all factors where I was a little bit like, again, it didn't really feel like it would be the right fit in the household um, to go down a Dane route. Um, the Rottweilers, um, they were kind of in the running for, for a long time of, of, of potential dogs. Honestly, I think the only reason um, we haven't progressed that, that route any further and this shows you how fickle us humans are is they're a very common popular dog and rightly so because they're absolutely amazing but there was a part of me that did want a breed that was a little less common um, and a breed that you don't really see a lot of and a breed where I don't know why I, I, I'm trying to think was there a reason why I have this desire to have a breed that is a little less common a little you know kind of one that you don't often see on the streets and honestly I don't um, other than promoting some amazing breeds that you don't see a lot of which I'm a big advocate for um, I think that was probably the only reason why and it was just kind of how popular they are so we kind of we, we kind of parked the, um, the the Rottweiler discussion for a little bit I looked at some very kind of crazy breeds for a while um, some more herding breeds etc which were potentials but again for all logically they, they might have been an absolutely fantastic fit um, obviously primarily this puppy is going to be part of our family so there's a lot of family attributes and it's going to be a joint decision between my wife and I and there was a lot of the dogs I was looking at that were very much kind of for me not really for the family so 
um, I probably had to, you know, kind of just curb my enthusiasm a little bit with some of those options. And then we came across a breed which probably ticked most of the boxes. And again, with the benefit of hindsight and upon reflection, they were, it was very much a Greg driven um, decision around the potential breed. Um, and that was giant schnauzers. Now, they kind of had a bit of everything, you know. They were unusual, less common. They're a fantastic looking dog. Um, they've got great ability across many different disciplines. Um, very similar to kind of the German Shepherds in that sense of, you know, they, they can be used for multiple disciplines and really excel in multiple disciplines as well. So from a training perspective, that was kind of really, um, really quite liking that factor. And, you know, a, a bit of a joke of, you know, owners and dogs tend to look alike. So having a dog with a nice kind of bit of a goatee beard thing going on would suit me quite well. And Helen was Helen was into them. They, she she liked them. We we read a lot up a lot about them, and we started discussions with breeders, um, kind of try, ultimately trying to find them. Now, I'm not going to lie, folks. It's been a, a I'm, interestingly, bit of a sideline discussion here, for the a countless number of puppies I've worked with. The last time I actually had a puppy, um, I was a pretty much a baby you know it was my parents first boxer dog when I was literally weeks old and ever since that point I've always had rescue dogs and I've helped people with puppies I've had friends and family who've had puppies um, so it kind of feels like I've had them but I actually haven't I've not had a huge amount of hands-on experience of this as an adult 24-7 so this was a really interesting epiphany that I had for all I've had dogs of all different sizes and types and temperaments and issues and benefits and bonuses just bringing a puppy into into your life is um is a minefield it's an absolute minefield so I went out you know good old google trying to find breeders for giant schnauzers um I'm really into a lot of what they often refer to as early neurological stimulation, which is um, a set of things and practices and behaviours you can do with, with new puppies when they're still with mom, still in the litter, that really kind of help them. Um, and I'm going to use the word socialise them, but I mean socialising in terms of quality experiences with lots of different things that are tailored towards the individual pups in the litter. And there's also something called Puppy Culture, which is a fantastic program which some breeders may do, um, which again is very much in that kind of vein. It's about trying to give puppies in those really formative weeks the best experiences and the best quality, fun, rewarding exposures to lots of things that will ultimately benefit them later in life. So this was something I'm I'm passionate about and, and really keen to to find with a breeder. So I started on in the UK we have um the, the kennel club, so I went through their issue with breeders list and found some names and numbers and emails, etc. Started reaching out to some breeders there, um inquiring into the various breed clubs again to, to try and find some good names, some good contacts, asking around fellow professionals as well and started conversations with a number of giant schnauzer breeders 
another thing for me as well was kind of finding people who have them who live with them because again they were less common breed so i want to really go beyond you know what it says on the books or on the internet pages about their behavior or their temperament and their, their kind of general demeanor and get some first-hand experiences as well and a lot of the things I read, a lot of the discussions I had, a lot of things I heard were, were you know, were great. The people were very helpful, very informative, gave me lots of information, and they reminded me a lot of German Shepherds, which, again, big bonus for me. Love German Shepherds, very, very kind of similar set of traits, um, similar breed esque personalities that you you may come across. So, started those discussions, and. Again, a real hard thing to, to put into words, but I never, it it didn't seem to click, it didn't feel right. Logically, it did, it kind of, you know, on paper, it was a brilliant decision, a brilliant breed, and I'm fairly sure that if I'd really kind of persevered, um, we would have found a breeder that was kind of definitely, you know, would have worked. But I could see my wife's, interest in the discussions and the conversations was just starting to peter off a little bit there wasn't really that kind of let's be honest you want a little bit of that giddy excitement i mean puppies are amazing and they're super cute and the prospect of having one join your family should kind of make you a little bit kid at christmasy um i definitely had that but i could see with helen it wasn't quite the same so we kind of started the conversation again about are you 100 percent sure do we think this is the right breed etc and almost going over a few of those kind of requirements and ideas that we wanted before and it came really quite quickly that Helen actually no she wasn't 100% set on a giant schnauzer um, it didn't quite tick all of her boxes in terms of potentials and you know um, breed temperaments and all the various things that you, you should be looking at when you when you're doing it so we kind of started the whole conversation again, kind of, and I had friends, I had fellow professionals kind of actively helping me find um, giant schnauzer breeders, etc. Um, but wife and I, behind closed doors, we, we continued the conversations and did a little bit more analysis into kind of what do we want? You know, what, what does life look like? Now, this is honestly, folks, the the biggest and best thing in my eyes I think you can do when you're looking at puppies is trying to project forward try to think about what do you want to do how do you want to live your life what sort of activities would you like to do with the dog and like the dog to be part of um and it very quickly transpired that again greg's list was pretty much met 100 percent with the with the giant schnauzer potential whereas my wife's list definitely wasn't probably about 50 percent of it was ticked off and that's just that's not right that's not how we should be doing it to have the best success we both need to be 100% committed and doing our level best to the best of our abilities to find um, a dog that would, would match us um, and match our needs so we went back to the drawing board and we started the whole discussions again about different breeds etc now both me and my wife do have and always have loved um, giant what would probably be referred to as kind of mountain breeds um you know the the saint bernards the newfoundlands um the bernese mountain dogs the pyrenees mountain dogs you know we've absolutely always loved them um and i dare say 
probably Newfoundlands were quite high on that list and they were one of the breeds we actually discussed kind of right in those early stages um, when we kind of decided that we would explore this more and more often um, and honestly I don't really know why we really dismiss them um, I, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain back now to why kind of a mountain breed was dismissed as quickly as it was um, I think again it was probably a little bit me more thinking around kind of stamina, energy, size um, that kind of thing, grooming needs etc um, and again I was probably guilty of tarring them all with a similar brush without really doing a bit of homework on them so we really went over that kind of I'd say breed group but that type of dog again and started looking at you know what is a, what type of dogs are in that kind of group what size are they what were they bred for what are they physically built like what kind of you know temperaments are they like you know health concerns all the, the good things that you should be researching when you're looking for a puppy and there's a little bit of um I, I, I felt like the the dog training gods were on our side a little bit with this because as we started to have the discussions one breed we had considered but not really done a lot of research into was Bernese Mountain Dogs and that is ultimately where we currently sit we are exploring the possibility of having a Bernese Mountain Dog join our family at some point in 2022 we found um, a, a breeder who, you know, looks to be absolutely fantastic. Even better, they're local, which means we can have lots of active discussions. We can meet parents. We can do all of these types of things well in advance of, of you know, kind of potential mum to be even becoming pregnant, which is for me amazing. And yeah, so that was it. We started talking about Bernese Mountain Dogs, and I was doing a lot of. You know the the geeky dog trainer research into you know physique and health ailments and what you know what can they do you know kind of physically what's a stamina like what kind of um, traits have they got that I might be you know could could uh, have the got ability to do kind of real difficult off lead work you know and kind of scrambling and crambling and those kind of mad countryside walks can they do scent work can they be a nice lazy fluffy house dog kind of just trying to get a feel for what they're like and the joys of having this this brilliant breeder really close by we've been able to have those discussions find out more about them and obviously even meet them as well which is absolutely fantastic and as these conversations start to grow I can see that kind of kid at Christmas sparkle return to my wife's eye around you know that potential of having a, a new puppy join us and that's where we currently are folks we are very much in the Bernese mountain dog camp we've like I say we've found a, a brilliant breeder we're having those active discussions we're talking about potential of what life could be like what type of changes will we need to make in the home to make it you know set up accordingly for um for a, for a puppy joining us and a puppy of a Bernie size as well because that is going to be a factor for us um, what type of things would my wife like to do with the dog what would I like to do with the dog etc and it feels that very 
fun excitable conversation which it absolutely should be but it's done all in that kind of right vein of being backed up by practicality and logic and everything else so why share this on a podcast um honestly folks i just thought it'd be interesting to be honest a good way for me to verbalize a little bit what's been going on um and keep you abreast of what happens because don't get me wrong there is a professional side of me and i'm kind of sat here thinking well if we do get a puppy i absolutely want to document that journey and starting to document it on the podcast is going to be one of the ways um but then doing you know a bit of a video diary you know training videos and kind of sharing the experience of what it's like bringing a puppy into your home um has got huge huge potential for me to you know educate and share the experience and do all that great stuff as well so i thought well there's loads of stuff talking about what to do when you get a pup um but i thought i'd start sharing it now we are you know mum is not even pregnant yet so and she may not become pregnant who knows but this discussion is happening now this isn't a off the seat of your pants kind of on a whim that we're going to be getting a puppy this conversation has been going on for months um has evolved multiple times as hopefully you've, you've got a little bit of a feel for during this episode and we've had a lot of honest conversation between my wife and i understanding our current limitations our current expectations in terms of you know what we can do with with the pup um how that pup can join us what type of life can we provide for that pup um what could be some of the pitfalls what are some of the risks some of the challenges that we might face you know doing the the the, the less sexy side of you know the puppy adventure of you know the what if something happens what if something goes wrong what if the dog isn't like a b or c you know what if its behavior or its temperament isn't that kind of picture book disney-esque type that we we would obviously love to have so we've had to be really really honest with ourselves around all of those discussions and make sure that you know that we are a team you know that the welfare and the well-being of our existing dogs the the welfare and well-being of me and my wife the household everything kind of you know needs to be considered before we we've jump in and make this decision about bringing a pup in so it's a real complex and honestly quite long-winded um route and way that we've got about it but honestly i'm so glad we did like literally i was happy to put pen to paper for um a dog that you know potentially wasn't actually really wanted by by my wife and actually might have therefore ultimately become a little bit of a bad fit for the family that's how close it became but it's only through having those discussions and being really honest and trying to let the head and heart balance out properly that we've been able to actually get to where we are now and actively feel very excited and energized and both of us feeling like it is absolutely the right decision to do so yes folks there we go um great pause may have a new addition to its family at some point in 2022 and i will absolutely keep you abreast with um with the conversations as they go on so i have titled as part one I'm sure there'll be more parts in the future as the breeder discussions continue and should we be lucky enough to find a breeder and work with the breeder where it is mutually agreed that we would be hopefully a great fit and that's a huge thing I am um, I can't stress this enough folks is 
I actively am looking for a breeder who will challenge me, not a breeder who's just looking to see have I got the right amount of notes in my pocket to, to purchase a pup because this is it's ultimately going to be teamwork right from kind of you know mum being pregnant right to the litter being born right to hopefully um one coming home with us um for those wondering we are thinking of a boy and we would like a male dog to join us and we think that would be the best fit with our current family dynamic and our two existing dogs of hugo and betty boo um there is a little bit of science behind that. There's a little bit of gut feeling. There's a little bit of experience that have all played a part into why we are leaning towards a, a boy. Um, but again, nothing set in stone, so that may change. Who knows? We will see as the conversation goes. But getting back on point, I'm absolutely looking for a bleed, breeder who will challenge me about you know, my expectations, what I will be doing, You know, what type of life I'm going to be providing for, for, for the dog, how I'm going to help promote the breed promote the temperament promote the the health and the longevity um and hopefully be a breed advocate for them um as much as i am challenging the breeder around their ethics their what how they breed what they do that early neurological stimulation etc and all these things so it should be a two-way discussion it should be quite almost job interview-esque in in my head you know it really should be quite asking each other quite challenging questions quite difficult questions but in the right vein for the right reasons which is all about suitability temperament health longevity all of these things should be kind of at the root of why we're doing this you know can we provide these dogs the the absolute best possible life um and not just get one because google it google bernie's mountain dog puppy folks they are adorable and that shouldn't be my primary reason for getting one. Of course it shouldn't. But it's easy to fall into that trap because they are beautiful dogs, both in puppyhood and in adulthood. But that's not the right reason that I should be you know, considering one or we should be considering one as a family. We have to do the right homework and we have to find a breeder who, like I say, is can we can make a great team with. So folks, that's it for episode 36. Um... Yes, hopefully we will have a new puppy joining the Great Paws family. And currently it's on track to be a Bernese Mountain Dog. But time will tell. So until next time, folks, I will see you again very soon. We do have some amazing guests lined up as well for future episodes. So it won't always just be my ramblings. But until next time, folks, we'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to the Woofing Possum Podcast. As always, if you do want to get in touch, you can find us on social media. I'm at Great Pause NE, which is Great Pause NE for Northeast, on both Facebook and Instagram. You can also contact me via my website, which is greatpause.co.uk. And you can also consume some free online courses at greatpausegang.co.uk. Excellent. Thank you very much, folks, and we will see you soon for our next episode.